welcome to The Practice Odyssey. I'm Jen. And I'm Alex. And uh, we're diving into our new season, which has been called, which we have, uh, well, loosely named, Prequels <laughs> and Sequels. So, yeah, Woo! I'm pretty excited. This, um, this season we're just going to be looking at um, books by uh, authors, which we've already uh, attempted. And um, except we're going to be looking at the books that they've written either just before or after. So uh, to kick us off, where um, a couple of seasons ago we did the Paul Edmund Davies 28 day warm up book for all flutists, dot dot dot, eventually. Excellent. So today we're going to be looking at um, the second of his uh, books he's written, which is A Consequence of Sequences. I really love that name actually. I know, I, really I do, do too. It just rolls uh, trippingly off the tongue. <laughs> I know. And sequences often do have terrible consequences because <laughs> I don't know if you find this, Alex, but when you're playing, do you find that like if the sequences go on for too long and they keep repeating, it's like your brain suddenly, it's like a tongue twister? Oh, it's yes. Like, it's a finger twister and things just. It just goes off the rails so quickly. Anyway, so I loved it. I was like, yes, so true. Yeah. I was just... They are are definitely like the tongue twisters for the musicians. They are musician (laughs) tongue twisters, musical tongue twisters. Musical tongue twisters, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. (laughs) But anyway, you've looked a bit into the background of Paul Edmund Davies and... Oh, yeah, you know I have. Okay, so let's kick it off. Uh, in case you haven't listened to our 28-day warm-up book for all flutists, dot, 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 eventually, um, episode, please go back into our archives and have a listen. The bio might be quite similar to what you are about to hear, but for those of you new listeners who have not heard it, uh, so the book is by Paul Edmund Davies, and Paul was principal flute of the London Symphony Orchestra for 20 years. Lots of experience. Mm. For five years, Mm. he held the same position in the Philharmonia Orchestra and completed his orchestral life with two and a half years at the English National Opera. In addition, he has written a flute technique book, the aforementioned 28-day warm-up book, edited flute music for Kevin Mayhew Limited, made many CDs, and now regularly Mm. gives classes and recitals in Japan, USA, China, Canada, Europe, and the UAE. In the summer of 2014, as a flute soloist, he directed a choir and orchestra to an audience of over 40,000 in South what? Korea. 40,000 people. 40,000? That's, that's Rolling Stones size of, wow. Yeah. I mean, or maybe larger. I'm, I would have to check. Uh, he has also played on numerous film soundtracks, among them Star Wars, Harry Potter, <laughs> Aliens, who Framed Roger Rabbit, and more recently, Maleficent, Big Eyes, Into the Woods, Thor, The Dark World, and Interstellar. So if you've heard those beautiful flute lines on the Interstellar soundtrack, that is Mr. Davies. Um, But yeah, so that's a little bit about Paul. So this book that we're doing, A Consequence of Sequences, um, includes four different sections. So we've got the first section, which is breathing and phrasing. Got your second section, which is fingers. The third section, articulations. And section four, which is intervals. And each section has a lovely introduction along with three exercises, all written mm. by Paul. 
And each exercise presents a pattern or a melody, which is then cycled through in all major and minor keys, which is also lovely. And uh, he makes a point in his first introduction that these sequences, um, he has not provided a practice chart in this book, unlike what he has done for past books, like the 28-day warm-up, and that we should use these as kind of little mini musical statements to help enhance our practice regime as it is. So, so yeah, that's a little bit about mm. this book. It's a nice warm-up book, help you get your flute practice started for the day. Um, so that's what it is. That's what we've done for the past two weeks for y'all. Yep. And mm-hmm. we've done just the book, plus whatever else they say in there. And uh, yeah, now we'll report to you, listeners, how if we are now super sequel players, sorry, super sequence players... <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, so that's that's what we're gonna do. And on that note, (laughs) Jen, how is your week one of playing through a consequence of sequences? Yes. Okay. So I, uh, as per usual, uh, didn't really plan anything. I just dove straight in. Um, I mean, I read the forward, and I found that (laughs) helpful because it immediately pointed. I really found very helpful. The, the thought that um, in the forward he talks about um, scales and arpeggios and pure technical work, and then following that there are etudes um, or studies. But there's actually um, there's this kind of gap between playing pure scales and playing etudes, and sometimes the connection between the two um, cannot be super clear about what we're practising mm-hmm. and why they're practising. So he's kind of created this book... Um, to kind of be that bridge between the two. So um, that kind of prepared me for um, what these exercises were going to be like, although I was still kind of surprised at how different this book was to his 28 days practice because that's very... It is like the 20... Yeah, the 28 days definitely has this feeling of... It's like uh, like exercises and you're, like you're practicing your scales, you're practicing your arpeggios. So, but then there are similarities, like his breathing and phrasing. Um, like like in the previous book, he's picked these really nice tunes and made and put dynamics and phrasing in them. So there, it's not just a like long notes or long tones, which can be good and. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like doing them, but sometimes they can be a bit dry. <laughs> so it's nice having a tune to play where you can still kind of practice the same things and warm up that way. So I like that. What I found interesting was the expected phrase lengths in this book are way mm. longer than the ones in the 28 days. To get, like, yeah, with all they really of, are. They're huge. Like, you really need good breath control. So I found it really, really great. I love the breathing and phrasing exercises. And when you're doing all of them in every single major and minor key, so what this is like 24 times you're playing the, the tune transposed. This, no, mm. this is like a boot camp for breathing. Um, on that note, breathing. it took a really yeah. long time to get through. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there like after, like, because if you chuck, chuck on the metronome at, what does he say, 56, crotchet, you're like, you're sitting there mm-hmm. going, oh, my gosh, 20 minutes later, I'm still going. And that's that's even most of the time I'm cheating and not even doing the repeats. And um, 
you know, it's, oh my gosh. My practice in the first week was quite lengthy because um, I chose, I picked like, I did one of each section every day and played the whole way through. And um, yeah, no, I think it took me like a good hour, hour and a half to get through this. It was not a warm up (laughs) anymore. It was a full practice session. So that's kind of where I was sitting there going, oh, okay, I see what he means by it kind of being a bridge between scales and (laughs) etudes. Like they feel a bit more almost like uh, studies almost then. Yeah, it was good except, yes, I think um, the way I tackled it was maybe not how it was supposed to be uh, (laughs) approached. Um, but yes, that was my first week. Um, so yeah, I loved the breathing exercise. That was a super boot camp. The fingers, I <laughs> loved how it was all the scales and thirds. I felt like I got a real nice workout. Um, and because there's only like three exercises in each section, it meant like I repeated it twice throughout the week. Mm-hmm. So that was my first week was kind of, I just basically busted through the whole book, um, and uh yeah discovered that it takes a really long time if you do (laughs) one of each a day (laughs) yeah and that's amazing you were able to do that too because like you're settling back into life in australia right now which is freshly moved back from cambodia i mean plus everything else wow i think i was enjoying actually having a bit of space to practice a little bit more substantially which hasn't been happening for the past <laughs> couple of months just because of the moves and the quarantines and everything. Yeah, and quarantine yeah. being in a hotel where exactly. you can only have a balcony oh my gosh listeners listen to our last episode if you want the full story oh my gosh. <laughs> yes it's been a lot of quarantines and lockdowns um so yeah. yeah i've just been enjoying that i think so that's maybe that's perhaps why i went a bit mad in my first week so <laughs> yes that was my week one <laughs> How was yours, Alex? Oh, thanks for asking. It's too funny. I feel like we swapped roles. Like, I feel like normally I would be the one that kind of goes crazy and, like, sticks <laughs> to the book. It's like, I'm going to go through the whole thing and then dies. And I really... Uh, so for my week one, like, I was... Um, so full disclosure, I have I have played through this before. I bought it, oh. I think, when it first came out in 2018, 2017. Nice. Check back. But, um... Because I was so excited because I loved his 28-day ones. And I was like, oh, yes, so excited. Can play some more sequences. But, and I just, I did not read his first few pages. And I made myself a little practice chart. And I went, like, nuts. But since we're doing it for the podcast, I I was in charge of the note-taking this time. I was a little more fastidious in my intro reading. And that's when I came across (laughs) the intentional, the bit where he says, intentionally, I have not provided a practice chart. um, (laughs) I was just like... Well, crud. Oh, <laughs> oh no. This is what I do. I live for the practice charts. I live for like checking things off and, you know, being like, oh, I did that and I did that. Look how productive I've been. Um, so, so I noticed that. Uh, and then had, and he says like, you know, uh, later on in his like, intro, intro, there's a few intros. Mm-hmm. This is the one at the beginning of the book that mm-hmm. he suggests mm-hmm. that we build our own daily routine depending on our mood and the time available Mm, in which to practice. Mm -hmm. So, and um, he mentioned that some of the exercises take longer than others, and, you know, to, like, you know, and to really, another thing he says is also to really observe the dynamics. So since at this moment in our life, because we also 
listeners tell you what's going on in our lives because it does affect how we approach these books. Um, so just as Jen's moving in, I am moving out of my apartment here in Germany and it's been a little crazy and I haven't had as much time as I would like to practice. Also, we've mentioned in the past where I currently live, there's a bit of an issue practicing for long periods of time. So taking all of that into consideration, I was like, okay, I'm just going to use these exercises, you know, as kind of like little musical postcards, I think as he says, to help enhance what I'm working on mm -hmm. um, and just add it to kind of my daily routine, which right now yeah. is just um, usually I do a bit of like the De La Sonorite from Marcel mm -hmm. Moise as like a mm -hmm. warm up. And then I usually do some form of scales, Reichert, if I'm feeling not lazy, but if like I need motivation, you know, Mellows. because yeah. like they're just they're 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 lyrical, they're fun to they cycle are. through. Yeah. Um, if I'm feeling more adventurous or a little more, you know, to the point, I do some Tafanel Gobert number four, number six, or whichever ones, and then move on to yep. something. Um, so yeah, so uh, the works that I was currently working on, <laughs> the works that I was currently working on, the uh, <laughs> orchestral works I was uh, working on this week included Scheherazade by Rimsky-Korsakov. Go have a listen yes. to that. Oh, beautiful. beautiful, beautiful, rich flutes, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. flute pieces are like excerpts in there. Um, and I was also doing some of I was also doing some of the Ramboni Raboni etudes, which are also Ooh. edited by Paul, which uh, may have been chosen deliberately because they are also from Paul. <laughs> um, so, I uh, so I decided okay. So how? Because then it was like okay, how do I do structure with these, but mm. without structure, right? Mm. And so mm -hmm. I decided that I would focus purely on the dynamics. That was kind of one thing I was like, okay, you know, if I have to choose one thing that's going to be in focus, um, I'm going to go with the dynamics for now, because mm -hmm. he mentions that as well. So the first week, especially with breathing and phrasing, like you said, Jen, I noted, oh, these are some long phrases at this suggested <laughs> tempo. So I, I took a little liberty with that. I tried my best to stick to them, and I could do that, you know, a good chunk of the time, but the focus was always on how is the phrasing mm -hmm. and really paying attention to his dynamic markings throughout it. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, they're quite interesting. Often, you know, like for the majors, he puts a big emphasis on playing a little louder. Like it's yeah. usually marked around mezzo forte, mezzo piano, whereas the minor ones are usually often more mezzo piano, yeah. piano. Which I thought was interesting, kind of helping the brain get used to this idea we're happy, like major is happy and like da da da, yeah. and the yeah. minor keys are a little more mellow and a little more mysterious with these mm. piano sounds. So mm. I I never really noticed that before or put much thought into it, but since I was intentionally focusing on that, I noticed yeah. that this time, and I was like, oh, that is cool. And that also, cool. I, since I was only doing the postcards, I did note that. I, I would only do usually each day like up to like I would either just do the uh, the sharps or the flats. So uh -huh. for our non-musical listeners, instead of doing all 12 scales and their minors, which would come to a total of 24 sequences uh, mm -hmm. for <laughs> each exercise mm -hmm. that you have to cycle through and repeat add up quite quickly I only did half of that so I only do the six of them plus their minors which would be 12 um, because I, don't, I, I just like I felt like that would be my postcard and since they were supposed to be a little shorter and just where I needed them 
Usually I would choose the ones that were in the keys of the Scheherazade um, Ooh, one. So I think yes. the really nice Scheherazade melody, the upper, the solo in the upper mm-hmm. register that starts mm-hmm. on the F sharp. A little slower though, that one. So yes, I did, beautiful. I focused a lot more on the sharp keys just to help me mm-hmm. kind of get that nice singing quality mm-hmm. to my upper notes. So uh, yeah. So I tried approaching it that way. It was really hard not to do this with like a nice little practice um, <laughs> checklist, <laughs> but I did. Uh, and so, yeah, and I think um, even, but Jen, this is the interesting bit. Maybe it's because I did mm. more of the repeats or something, but even with yeah. me just doing like one exercise a day, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of, uh, but also trying to remember that I can choose, pick and choose as I need it. Um, yeah. It still took me about one hour for all the different yeah. postcards. But I, even when I interspersed it throughout my practicing, mm-hmm. so I would like mm-hmm. you know do my scales, then do some etudes, and then if I thought mm-hmm. I needed help, I would look and say, oh, so here's this Raboni um, etude number three. Uh, so that would be section two fingers would help complement that. I think I settled on number two. Uh, yeah. Like even doing that, and I still came out to about an hour for me, like of just the the yeah. postcards, and that was so it was still quite lengthy, even though I was only doing half the amount, yeah. um, and just like one a day. So, so yeah. yeah. So that's kind of interesting. So it was a little heftier than I anticipated, but then I also <laughs> remembered, okay, I can also you know, pike out whatever I want. These are musical postcards, yeah. and they're just supposed to be yeah. nothing. So, yeah. But yeah, so that was my week one. Lots of double, oh, like going against wow. what I normally do, which is yes. not, um, <laughs> not practicing with a uh, with a practice little thing to check through my list. So, uh, so yeah, so that was my week one. Uh, how was your week two? So Jed, week one you were doing quite a lot, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> playing through each section, being very diligent, um, and yes, kind I of was. going like, oh my gosh, this is super long for a warm up. Uh, how was your week two? Was it any better? Did you do anything maybe a little differently? Um, I did. So actually, I kind of hit the same solution that you mentioned, where <laughs> I decided um, maybe I just needed to do all the flats or all the sharp keys um, in one go uh, because, because this was taking a very long time and um, was very, very, as you say, very hefty. So um, yes. uh, also in the second week I discovered, I followed, is I looked at the resource which he'd connected into his um, preamble Ooh which connects to his website and notes on each of the exercises. <gasps> really interesting. Mm-hmm. I had a look I had a look and I had a read about each one and it was really cool because he gave notes on each of these exercises and what specifically he'd been focusing on on top of the book. I mean it's amazing like it's just constant resource after constant resource. Very feels very generous. Again, I tried to do one of each section every day, but because I'd split them into either just all sharps or all the flat keys, then um, that meant it wasn't quite so so long. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I really liked the articulation ones. He was talking about the T and the D with, our, with English language and how um, our uh, tongue moves. But he was saying... Um, 
if, if you're always trying to like, I really liked his um, challenge of if you always keep your uh, tongue hitting the same part of the roof of your mouth, no matter where it is, if it's always the same, the tongue is likely to fatigue more quickly. So if you let the tongue dance, he says, dance around the roof of your mouth, um, then that's less likely for your tongue to fatigue with single tonguing. So if you like move it forwards and backwards a little bit, it um, it kind of can help with the <laughs> mm-hmm. fatigue. So I tried that. It really, it, it's like, it's, pretty cool it does instantly kind of extend your single tongue in life before your tongue starts going blah, 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 blah. I'm feeling like <laughs> cotton wool and wood um so I really like that mm. I was he's got some really really cool um suggestions yeah anyway so that's what I had fun with this second week but um I loved all these notes <laughs> on each of the exercises and what he was focusing on because it was fun to play around with some of the ideas he had and ways of approaching it. How was yours? Was it very different from your first week? Uh, it was a little. Uh, so I kind of brought back a little practice chart. Because mm-hmm. I do like it, but I told myself you I did. could fill it in whenever I wanted. So uh, just so I could kind of keep track of which ones I did. And since we are doing this for a podcast, you know, I did want to try mm-hmm. and make sure I touched on all the different exercises as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But within within this loose structure, uh, so I kind of brought that guy back. And week two, I also focused a bit on articulation more than I had in the previous week. Um, so in the mm-hmm. first week, it was more kind of the breathing and phrasing, a bit with the fingers, but um, a little and a little bit with the intervals. But uh, for mm. week three, and I had the Scheherazade excerpts, the more lyrical ones that are included in the excerpt list more often. For week two, I decided articulation, which, you know, for any (laughs) flute listeners in there, there's a beautiful articulation um, excerpt in Scheherazade for both the flute and the piccolo that appears Mm -hmm. on numerous audition, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, oh, sorry, in audition packets. And so um, for non-flute piccolo players of listeners of our podcast, um, it's just a very fast (laughs) excerpt where you have to do double-tonguing the whole time, which is this really do-go-do-go-do-go-do-go-do-go-do. And it's very yeah. high as well. And mm-hmm. so, and it's mm-hmm. just nonstop. Like, I think if we wanted to just yeah. do like, to show no. you like maybe how no. long it goes for, let's see if I can do this without any notes. See if I can just dig it a bit, like at the length of it, it. and much slower it. as well. But it's basically like you have to do that, and it's just super long, and it's very high, which means you have like the tongue has to be so crisp, or else it sounds like like you know it's very it's very hard. And so I was like, you know what, Paul, you've inspired me. We're gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this beast down. I mean, I've done it before. I've actually played it for Paul. Actually, now to think of it, I've, I did that one for him. I think when we played for yeah. him in London. Yeah. So and he was he was super lovely about it. I'm sure it did not sound the best. Um, but yeah. So um, I looked a lot at his exercise one, I think, as well as mm. exercise three for articulation mm-hmm. for that. Exercise mm-hmm. one or articulation one has a little. Like it's more um, just straightforward sixteenths or semiquavers for my British and mm-hmm. Australian listeners, <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's a bit of um, like it goes up and down a bit as well. And so I took it up the octave. It's written down the octave. I think at some point he mentions, you know, if you're feeling extra saucy, take yeah. it up the octave. So I did that <laughs> to help prep for it. 
And I did the flat keys instead of the sharp keys because I did the, the sharp keys the week before. I think the, yeah, so, um, and then I did exercise three as well. Um, but yeah. the second one is a lot more syncopation, which I've always found mm -hmm. super useful when I'm trying to get my fingers <laughs> as even as possible. I do yeah. a lot of, you know, double, like, and it helps you really find where your fingers are not mm -hmm. in line. Like, it does not yes. lie. So that yes. was also super helpful, and I did that a little bit on flute and on piccolo to help kind of prep for that audition, for that um, excerpt. And I have to say, it was quite helpful. Like, after that, it was a lot more... Like, uh, it was much easier to stay with the metronome than it has been in the uh, past. So it definitely yeah. helped out a whole bunch. So I thought that was really cool. So I did that. And then I also did some Raboni etudes as well for week mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I also, I just really dug into the interval practice. They're just so beautiful. Like he they just are. writes such a nice melody. Yeah. I have to say. So it was yeah. very nice. So I really enjoyed the first one the third one as we already said is quite lovely as well and yeah I kind of just finished my week kind of going crazy my tongue was definitely dead because I haven't done as much practice <laughs> on that Shahrazad excerpt as I have in the past um but yeah so with a dead tongue that's how I finished week two and um but I had a smile on my face because there were some beautiful lyrical passages as well so that was really cool. <laughs> oh that's but amazing. yeah um but without uh, without giving away too much, I think we might be to verdict territory, Jen. I so, think we are. Um, how did you feel about this sequel full of sequences? Is it going to stay on I your stand? Know. Are certain parts going to stay on your stand? Is it going to land in the I... trash can or the, the rubbish bin? <laughs> so. No, it's definitely going to stay on the stand or at least very close to it and be pulled out for when I want things. I mean, I, I think it's going to – I definitely think that – those interval exercises are going to be pulled out quite often as like a really nice warm up, and mm -hmm. um, and definitely when I want to get in the zone for um, playing a little bit of the old uh, afternoon of the fawn, I think those breathing mm. and phrasing those exercises would be mm -hmm. such a good warm up for it. It does feel it's very different in style um, from the twenty eight days practice. Um, like the structure, it it leaves it way more up to you and it's very much as he said Alex like you kind of hit hit a problem with your repertoire your studies and you think okay what can I go to to help work on this and I think that's when you would go to this book mm -hmm. that being said I actually really like his finger exercises for scales in thirds they really complement the basic scale and third patterns because those are already like for us, you know, at a certain level, at a more professional level, I think they're quite regular scales and thirds are kind of, you know, commonplace. We know how to do them. But this just kind of adds that extra level of um, spice of a. <laughs> yeah, uh, it changes it up. So you're not just mm -hmm. playing your scales and thirds up and down. So, yeah. As you said, it kind of gives it a bit more spice. <laughs> I like that word. It's a bit spicy. Spicy scales and thirds. Spicy scales. Um, so that's quite fun. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's my verdict. My verdict is I think it's good as a kind of a supplementary um, exercise mm. book to kind of pull in when you need it. Anyway, what was your verdict, Alex? So, Oh, yes, thank you, Jed. Uh, my <laughs> verdict. Uh, so I think, well, I mean, you all already know how 
I, I really appreciate the way Paul approaches all of his writing and all of his exercises. Like mm-hmm. he's just a, a wealth mm-hmm. of information, as you said, Jen. Like he mm-hmm. has so many useful tips and tricks in his introductions, in his notes, everything on his website mm-hmm. in video form. He's just out mm-hmm. there doing everything. It's quite cool. So, mm-hmm. and I would say that with these um, consequence of sequences, it is a definite, uh, like a beautiful pairing to anybody who works through his 28-day warm-ups for every flutist eventually. Um, I think they're definitely going to stay on my stand. I think I already have some of them memorized, especially the breathing ones and the phrasing. On, oh, they're just, they're so lovely to play. And so I think I could see that easily being something that I can incorporate just into my daily practice, especially when I'm not feeling super motivated to practice. If I'm really mm-hmm. needing that, mm-hmm. like okay, I'm here, I've showed up, let's trick my brain into <laughs> doing this. And sometimes yeah. when it's like, okay, as great as the Moise is, they're not always super lyrical. If I wanted to just say, okay, let's do some of these breathing and phrasing exercises, or let's maybe <laughs> change it up and start with the intervals, because that sounds like I'm playing a movie soundtrack and my brain yeah. will then, my monkey brain will be excited to practice, you know, and then trick it. And eventually, look, I've already practiced an hour. So... Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say that these are probably going to, these will stay on my stand or definitely my bookshelf, you know, switch mm-hmm. them out. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. and I would say um, for with regards to who can play these scales, I would say they're definitely aimed more at like intermediate advanced players. So if you're brand new to the flute, maybe not right now, but it's something to aspire to. Like uh, if okay. you can play your regular scales in thirds and you can do them, and you're feeling comfortable on them, then you're ready for this book. So if you can play yeah. scales in thirds, you're set for this book. And this book will help you yeah. spice it up a little bit. It takes it from like a regular yeah. apple cake recipe, or uh, sorry, they have apple cake here in Germany. Yeah. I'll make it a little more standard. It's like, instead of just like a regular apple pie, it's like lavender oh. infused, or sorry, pumpkin infused oh. apple pie, or something Ooh. that just changes Ooh. it a little bit and makes it a little more interesting for you so yeah. uh yeah that's yeah. where i'm gonna stay yeah yeah i would yeah i would definitely recommend it. go buy this book yes, but yes. we're not sponsored by the go way buy so. this book. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for joining us um with our first sequel prequel odyssey Be- get ready for a whole season of this people i hope you're excited we certainly are so if you want to join us with all of these sequels and prequels, you can follow us on all the podcast platforms where you can find The Practice Odyssey. If you happen to know of a platform which we are not on, let us know and we will fix that immediately. Immediately. And also, if you've tried out any of these books, let us know what you think. Write to us at thepracticeodyssey at gmail.com. Um, and you can also subscribe on YouTube by searching for the Practice Odyssey podcast. Music in this episode is by the amazing Alessandra Woods, and the show art was from Ivan Potter Smith. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.